Hello, everyone. Welcome to Eternity, where love never fails. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening. This is the Eternity Bible Study Podcast, where we walk through the Bible together every weekday, Monday through Friday. We're podcasting from here in the United States and in Zambia with a goal to share our thoughts and encourage one another as we read God's Word together verse by verse. My co-host in Zambia, Matali, and I are both listening to Through the Bible Podcast and then sharing our thoughts and encouragement with you. From America to Africa and everywhere else, God is in control. As always, our attribution goes to Through the Bible with Dr. J. Vernon McGee. So if you've ever wanted to try to read the Bible every day, we hope you can join us. We're regular people just like you, trying to learn more about God and walk in step with His Holy Spirit. So if you have your Bible, feel free to read along. And if not, no problem. We'll try to put it all together for you. So let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. We're back in the book of Second Chronicles. We're putting in at chapter 33 today. We're looking at what McGee calls Man, uh, the worst king ever. We went from Hezekiah, the best king since King David, to the worst, his son Manasseh. And he begins as a bad king. It only gets worse. But the interesting twist in this is he comes to ask forgiveness of God after he's exiled. And then we see a strong principle about that, but and it does delay the consequences that come to the nation. But we see another principle here, too, of unresolved sin. If you still ask for forgiveness, God forgives you. But if you still have unresolved sin in your life and you never take care of it, the consequences are still there. And let's take a look at his life, because so many practical learning points for us today. Chapter 33, verse 1, Manasseh was 12 years old when he began to reign, and he reigned 55 years in Jerusalem. And I believe that's the longest um, serving king that, um, um, that the southern kingdom had. And he did what was evil in the sight of the Lord. Well, there you go, 55 years. Can you imagine? That's somebody's whole lifespan that you have to live under a guy like this. According to the abominations of the nations whom the Lord drove out before the people of Israel. In other words, he did all the wickedness. In uh, verse 3, for he rebuilt the high places that his father Hezekiah had broken down. These were places of idol worship. And he erected altars to Baals and made Ashkeroth. Um, That's like a a female version of God, I believe. And worship all the host of heaven. In other words, like the stars and stuff. And serve them. And he built altars in the house of the Lord. Of which the Lord had said, in Jerusalem shall my name be be forever he built altars for the house for all the hosts of heaven in other words he was trying to be quote inclusive right like our culture is today and he burned his sons 
as an offering in the valley of the son of Hinnon, and used fortune-telling and omens and sorcery, and dealt with mediums and neo-romancers. These are people I think are trying to talk to the dead. He did much evil in the sight of the Lord, provoking him to anger. So in other words, man's imagination comes up with all kinds of things to, to generate answers and truth and power. And you've got all these platitudes probably built into the program. He's probably considering himself a pretty open-minded guy and probably considering himself, he's letting, you know, if all the people worship all their different gods, because, you know, it was probably the politically correct thing to do to make everybody happy. He didn't take a stand for anything. He did much evil in the sight of the Lord. Now, I bet in his own eyes, he was trying to do good, <clears throat> provoking him to anger. So he's provoking God to anger. And the carved image of the idol that which he had made, he set up, he set in the house of God, of which God said to David and to Solomon, his son, quote, in this house. <clears throat> And in Jerusalem, which I have chosen out of all the tribes of Israel, I will put my name forever, and I will no more remove the foot of Israel from the land <clears throat> that I appointed for your fathers, if only they will be careful to do all that I have commanded them, all the law, the statutes, and the rules given through Moses. <clears throat> so in other words, he's saying you need to keep this house. And of course, Manasseh corrupts it. Verse 9, Manasseh had led Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem astray to do more evil than the nations whom the Lord destroyed before the people of Israel. So now it's like Israel itself is becoming the worst of the worst. Kind of makes you wonder about our own country. You know, <clears throat> we fight all these wars against all these fascist governments. It makes you wonder like when the peoples go astray, and they start worshiping the principles of the other foreign gods and foreign nations, pretty soon your own nation is worse than the nations that were around you. So that's, I suppose, a pretty low point. Verse 19, the Lord spoke to Manasseh and to his people. In other words, the Lord is talking to. Can you imagine if you were an evil person, you know, or just your, the, can you imagine just yourself and God speaking to you? What would, what effect would that have on you? And they paid no attention. Can you imagine that? Well, maybe sometimes God speaks to us today and we don't pay any attention because we don't listen to God speaking to us. Maybe he's speaking to us in the spirit. Maybe he's speaking to us in our hearts, but our hearts are too hardened for it. Therefore, this is, uh, therefore, this is verse 11. The Lord brought upon them the commanders of the army of the king of Assyria, who captured Manasseh with hooks and bound him with chains and bronze and brought him to Babylon. Now, when the Assyrians <clears throat> took prisoners, they put these hooks through their skin. So and it, they would just put these people on these long ropes <clears throat> and just hook them all together so that 
they would just do that rather than tie them all up. <clears throat> the hooks could go through their their cheekbones or through their collarbones or you know I don't or through their skin or their chest. Could you imagine then being led away as a, a captive being hooked? with hooks and bound him with chains of bronze and brought him to Babylon. And when he was in distress, <clears throat> he entreated the favor of the Lord his God and humbled himself greatly before the God of his fathers. And he, he prayed to him, and God was moved by his entreaty and heard his plea and brought him again to Jerusalem into his kingdom. Then Manasseh knew that the Lord was God. Now, this is an interesting tw uh, twist to this story, isn't it? Worst king ever? Abominations galore, burning his own sons. He humbles himself to God. God hears his prayers and was moved. And then God brought him back. It's a story of sin. And it's also a story of forgiveness. And you could read this story about Manasseh. And if you missed a couple of these verses, you'd miss the whole thing, wouldn't you? Because the Chronicles doesn't give it a lot of attention here, does it? But it's very matter of a fact. In our own life, we can think we're the worst person in the world. But God is showing us forgiveness. Just how much God's willing to forgive. Now, what do we do once we've been forgiven? We have to change our hearts. And sometimes the sins that you have committed in the past may not change the consequences of your decisions. <clears throat> You've been forgiven, but the consequences may remain and you have to deal with them. Cause, just because God forgives Manasseh doesn't mean that everything's all bright and happy again. It doesn't, because the, you know, the consequences of the sin remains. So Manasseh does a lot of reforms, but we get down to verse 17. Nevertheless, the people still sacrificed at the high places, <clears throat> but only to the Lord their God. So it's kind of a partial restoration. The people were still going up to these high places that they weren't supposed to, but they were sacrificing back to God. And, um, you know, a lot of these idols, my study Bible says, were removed, but they weren't destroyed because later they come back. But in any event, uh, that's where we have the nation Israel. Verse 18, now the rest of the acts of Manasseh and his prayer to his God and the words of the seers who spoke to him in the name of the Lord and the God of Israel. Behold, they are in 
The Chronicles of the Kings. In other words, go to Kings to read more and his prayer and how God was moved by his entreaty and all his sins and his faithlessness and the, and the sites on which he built high places and set up the ashram and the images before he humbled himself. Behold, they are written in the Chronicles of the Seers. So Manasseh slept with his fathers, and they buried him in his house. And Ammon his son reigned in his place. Ammon was 22 years old when he began to reign, and he reigned two years in Jerusalem, and he did what was evil in the sight of the Lord, as Manasseh his father had done. Ammon sacrificed to all the images that Manasseh his father had made and served them, and he did not humble himself before the Lord. And Manasseh his father... As Manasseh, his father, had humbled himself. But this Ammon incurred guilt more and more. And his servants, this is verse 24, conspired against him and put him to death in his house. But the people of the land struck down all those who had conspired against King Ammon. And the people of the land made Josiah, his son, king in his place. So, we go from Manasseh to Ammon. Now we're going to get ready to study about King Josiah. Now remember, we studied about young King Josiah back in Kings, uh, but we're going to get this from God's perspective um, now in Second Chronicles. I'm fascinated by Manasseh. The sin, he humbled himself, he asked for forgiveness, but it did make an impact a bit on the nation, but it didn't. The, the, the circumstances around life are still hard. And so sometimes when we ask for forgiveness, we get ourselves in a fix. This story reveals to us that God is moved and God listens and God forgives. No matter how bad it was, no matter how bad your sin is or was, God forgives and restores. But the consequences of all that sin are still there. You still have to deal with it as a forgiven person now. But life can still be hard. We're going to stop here. We'll turn the rest of the podcast over to our co-host in Zambia, Matali. Matali, I hope you're doing great. Look forward to hearing your study on this. As always, from me to all of you, God bless you. Keep your heart centered on Christ on this great spiritual battlefield. And we'll see you next time here tomorrow as we continue our study through the book of Second Chronicles. And uh, I'm told, McGee said, that after we finish um, this, we'll be finishing up Second Chronicles uh, next time, which will, you know, we take a break over the weekend, so it'll be Monday. Then after that, we jump back to the New Testament, and we're in the book of, I believe, 1 Corinthians. I am so excited for this. So, we'll see you next time, and as always, our prayers go up for sweet Emma and sweet Jean. Hello. So today's teaching is coming from Second Chronicles, 
chapter 33, beginning at verse 1, all the way through to verse 25. So in our last study, we saw the reign of Hezekiah and the revival that took place under Hezekiah's reign. As scripture states, Hezekiah was the best king after David. So David was the standard of you know, the standard used to actually measure how good kings were in the southern kingdom. And Hezekiah, after David, was a good king, you know, compared to all the other kings that were there before Hezekiah. You know, we had so many other kings. There was um, Solomon, there was Azar, and, you know, all those could not compare to Hezekiah. So after David, you know, we have Hezekiah. And then after him, um, his son Manasseh came to the throne. Scripture reads, verse 1, and two, Manasseh, sorry, Manasseh was 12 years old when he became king, and he reigned 55 years in Jerusalem. But he did evil in the sight of the Lord, according to the abominations of the nations whom the Lord had cast out before the children of Israel. So, God actually extended Hezekiah's life by 15 more years, as, you know, we read that's you know in scripture uh, as Hezekiah had some sort of a boil on his head and you know today we might actually class it as you know a cancer and he actually was supposed to die God told him that his time had come you know he had done his 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 time and he had fulfilled his purpose here in, in uh, on earth and his time had come for him to die and um God extended his life by 15 more years. So Manasseh was born during the 15 years life extension of Hezekiah. And he was the worst king that lived, that God had to actually intervene. And this period might have been, according to Dr. Jimmy McGee, the time that the Shekinah glory left the temple. Ezekiel actually saw, like in the book of Ezekiel, he saw the vision of the Shekinah glory um, because leave. Um, because of the sins of the people and their rebellion. So the Shekinah glory lifted up and it removed from the Holy of Holies and then moved out to the walls of Jerusalem. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, and the Shekinah glory waited again and the people didn't turn to God. And then the Shekinah glory withdrew to the Mount of Olives, waited there and there was no movement on the part of the people towards God. So the Shekinah glory was caught up back into heaven. And, you know, Echibad was written over the threshold of the temple. So the glory had departed and the house was left into, onto them desolate. So here, you know, we see, you know, two extremes. We have Hezekiah, you know, a very holy man who brought revival, who was one of the best kings in the southern kingdom. And then he, his son, Manasseh, the extreme, total opposite, very evil man um, who brought idolatry into the kingdom until God had to actually just intervene. He was one of the worst kings in the southern kingdom. So God, and we see Manasseh, he, he ruled for like 55 years. And God always gives the sinner enough opportunity to actually turn to him, always. And Manasseh was given the opportunity. So here we see Manasseh, he reigned much, much longer than other kings. You know, he reigned much longer than David. He reigned much longer than Solomon and then his father Hezekiah. And reason being, because God always gives ample opportunity to 
somebody to turn to him, um, to a child, to people to actually turn to him. So God is merciful. He's long-suffering. He's not willing that any should perish. So, you know, this we can relate in today's world and in today's setup. And we can't really give an explanation. We have, you know, families where the parents are godly and they're Christian and, you know, they just raise their kids right and all, but the kids just turn out, you know, to the extreme, to be rebellious and to just do evil in the sight of the Lord. And we can't explain that. Just like we can't explain, you know, this case of Hezekiah and Manasseh. So in Second Kings 21, we were actually told about this man and God here is emphasizing and giving his viewpoint. In the book of Chronicles, like it talks about, God's viewpoint and from God's viewpoint Manasseh was an evil man okay verse 3 goes on to read for he rebelled the high places which Hezekiah his father had broken down he raised up altars for the Baalas for the Baal sorry that's Balaam and made wooden images and he worshipped all the hosts of heaven and served them so he actually went here. We have Manasseh. He actually went into idolatry in a very big way. So he's as bad as Ahab and Jezebel. Verse 4 goes on to read. He also built altars in the house of the Lord, of which the Lord had said, In Jerusalem shall my name be forever. Verse 5. And he built altars for all the hosts of heaven in the two courts of the house of the Lord. So uh, Manasseh here, he introduced into the temple in Jerusalem the worship of the hosts of heaven. And this is like, you know, the worship of, you know, the planets and the stars. It's Jupiter, Mercury, and all the stars of heaven. So he actually, like today, what would call, he actually established the modern day, you know, horoscope. So, um, you know, you actually find today a lot of people they put more confidence in these zodiac signs and horoscopes than confidence in God. You know, they say, no, they're just doing it for the fun of it and all, but that's a subtle way of how evil just creeps into people's lives where you actually put more confidence, like, oh, hey, I'm reading the stars because they're showing me my future. And instead of putting confidence in God. Okay, verse 6 goes on to read, And also he caused his sons to pass through the fire in the valley of the son of Hinnom, practiced soothsaying, used witchcraft and sorcery, and consulted mediums and spiritualists. He did much evil in the sight of the Lord to provoke him to anger. So, this is, you know, actually the lowest of the lowest of how far Manasseh went. So, there were actually different degrees of this. But Manasseh went just to the brink, lowest of the lowest. So, one could actually let them pass through you know, in the sense that, you know, they only got singed. Um, they good, got singed good, like burnt. Or, you know, the idols could actually be heated and the baby was actually just put right down in the arms of this red-hot, molten-hot idol. Verse 7 goes on to read, He even set a carved image. The idol which he had made in the house of God, of which God had said to David and to Solomon, his son, in this house and in Jerusalem. 
which I have chosen out of all the tribes of Israel. I will put my name forever. Verse 8, And I will not again remove the foot of Israel from the land which I have appointed for you, for your fathers, rather, only if they are careful to do all that I have commanded them, according to the whole law and the statutes and the ordinances of the hand of Moses. So here, God actually had said if these people had would actually worship him and be faithful to him, he would bless them. But they were not faithful to him. That was the covenant. Verse 9 goes on to read, So Manasseh seduced Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem to do more evil than the nations whom the Lord had destroyed before the children of Israel. So they actually even surpassed the inhabitants that they found who were actually practicing idolatry. Verse 10, And the Lord spoke to Manasseh and his people, but he, they would not listen. So they actually reached this particular kind of death. One can actually tell when a man or a nation reaches this place. So God will move when a nation reaches, plunges into this level of just evil. Verse 11, goes on to read therefore the lord brought upon them the captains of the army of the king of assyria who took manasseh with hooks bound him with bronze fetters and carried him off to babylon now when he was in affliction he implored the lord his god and humbled himself greatly before the god of his fathers and prayed to him and he received his entreaty heard his supplication and brought him back to Jerusalem into his kingdom. Then Manasseh knew that the Lord was God. So God did not give him up. You know, any other person would have given him up. But God, he always gives somebody ample time to actually turn to him. He, God is a merciful God. He's long-suffering and he doesn't want anyone to perish. So God gave, didn't give him up. He actually chastised him. And he sent uh, plenty of trouble to him. And he was carried away captive. So this should have been a warning to the rest of the people in the nation. That God was now getting ready to send the southern kingdom into captivity because of the continued sin. And this man, Manasseh, now comes back to God in a real way. And yet he was a weak man. Verse, let me drop down to verse 17 and verse 17 reads nevertheless the people still sacrificed on the high places but only to the lord their god so people never actually did truly come back to god the people in this nation verse 18 goes on to read now the rest of the acts of manasseh his prayer to his god and the words of the seers who spoke to him to who spoke to him in the name of the Lord God of Israel. Indeed, they are written in the book of kings, of the kings of Israel. So this actually reveals how gracious God is. And, um, you know, he was a son of godly parents, Manasseh was. And he, uh, he actually um, strays, you know, and later comes back to God and God is gracious with him so this should be an encouragement to us today with the young people today you know 
look around, you know, what's going on in our society, you know, the world is like a global village, everything's high tech, and, you know, there's the internet, and there's like, um, you know, really bad influences from around, there's so much evil going on, and it's an encouragement, you know, even if you, if you stray so hard, pray for those people, pray for the young people, pray for us, okay, verse 20, goes on to read, So Manasseh rested with his fathers and they buried him in his own house. Then his son Ammon reigned in his place. Verse 21 goes on to read, Ammon was 22 years old when he became king and he reigned two years in Jerusalem. Verse 23, but he did evil in the sight of the Lord as his father Manasseh had done. For Ammon sacrificed to all the carved images which his father Manasseh had made and served them. So here, you know, the evil that Manasseh had actually done affected his son. And Ammon went in the footsteps of his father in the early days. Verse 23 goes on to read, And he did not humble himself before the Lord as his father Manasseh had humbled himself, but Ammon trespassed more and more. Then his servants conspired against him and killed him in his own house. But the people of the land executed all those who had conspired against King Ammon. Then the people of the land made his son Josiah king in his place. So now we come to the last great revival under Josiah. And it was a late hour for this nation, but God sent revival. So God is patient and sovereign. And, you know, let's keep praying for the Manassas in our lives. Um, because it's not too late. You know, even in this last hour, God was not, didn't want to give up on, his, on these people. And he still built a revival. But the people were sick-necked and just didn't turn to God. Okay, so this is our teaching for today. Thank you all very much for listening in. God bless you all and have a pleasant day. Bye-bye.